0: And welcome to Angel Talk Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan. We have a really special episode today because I am not joined actually physically in the room by the Ambitious Angel Mom herself. No, 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 my friends. She actually did something way different this time. She conducted the interview by herself. She basically kicked me out of the entire process. I'm just kidding. Um, Bryn was actually able to sit down with a uh, lovely lady named Sharna Southen. She is the founder of the Institute of Healing, and she specializes in pregnancy loss. Um, this is really neat. Bryn was actually able to sit down with Sharna all the way from Australia. That's where Sharna hails from. So this is our second... International uh, call of the podcast. We remember we had Stephanie Resendez from uh, from uh, Canada, and now we have Sharna Southin from Australia. So that's pretty cool. They actually sat down, and these two incredibly inspiring ladies actually shared their own stories and then uh, talked about how both of them are really helping people, just like the listeners to this podcast, really get through their, their daily grief uh, in trying to take. Uh, one step at a time forward. So it was an incredible interview. I am not going to waste too much of your time yapping. I just wanted to let you know that uh, this is her very first, and she is squeezing me out of the podcast's that's actually not true. She does still need me for some technical assistance, <laughs> but other than that, we wanna uh, we wanna thank you for tuning in. This is a two part podcast again. Sometimes when we have these type of guests on and the, and the conversations get so good, we don't want to cut them off. We want them to continue to be able to say and do the things that they. They want, and we want to give them the freedom to express the ideas, so we go ahead and, and, and let our guests go, and we have questions, and we go down to certain paths, so uh, this is one of those uh, famous two-parters that we have, so part one will be today, and then next week we will uh, hook you up with part two of the interview, but here is part one of the conversation between two inspirational women who have gone through incredible adversity and come out the other side. This is Sharna and Bryn. Here it is.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Angel Talk Podcast. Today, we have a guest clear from Australia, first time ever. This is Sharna, and she is the founder of the
2: Institute of Healing. Welcome, Sharna. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much. Um, so much for having me. I'm very uh, grateful that you reached out um, to connect and that I'm your first Australian guest. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I I was super excited that you were willing to come on Angel Talk. Um, you really embody and encompass just this um, positivity that radiates from your smile. And um, when I started following you on Instagram, I just, I really loved your posts and I was finding myself um, smiling with the things that you were sharing and you're a very positive ray of light. So I was really excited to have you come on and hopefully, you know, share your story and your journey with our listeners and hopefully we can offer them some, some positivity and a ray of light as well.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so kind to say. Um, I think a lot of, well, I, I know my, my social media is just an extension of me um so you know whatever is on my heart or you know what i feel could be a value i just i just share it and it's usually stuff that i have been through myself um things that i have found value um in and yeah so i really appreciate you saying that
1: <laughs> yes well you're very inspiring um can i ask how long has the institute
2: of healing been established The 15th of August is actually when I registered the business name. So yeah, 2020. So it hasn't been um, that long, but um, it was just, uh, I felt like something that I could, that would embody everything that I was, that I was sharing. I have, uh, I sort of created a business before that in January, 2020. um, But it pivoted a little bit, um, around August. So that, that was when I sort of created the business name and, um, through that sort of, I can sort of like, it it sort of encompasses everything that I have done, um, right from the start.
1: Yeah. Um, and I know you have many other, um, projects I would say that you do and you work on. So, I want to save a little bit of that for later in the show. Um, I kind of want to backtrack to, you know, what started it all, Sharna, what, what did you do, you know, previously, like, can you tell me about, you know, what life was like for you before you experienced loss? And then we can maybe get into, you know, just the layers of grief that you've had in your life and, and really get to where you are today. But, um, you know, in the beginning of your journey, can you tell me like what, where you worked and what your life was like?
2: Yeah. So, um, from when I was 19, I started a job at a dental, um, clinic. I became a qualified dental nurse and I've always loved working with people. Like I wanted to, I think, you know when I was in school I wanted to be a nurse or um, an ambulance officer
1: <laughs> oh that's
2: fun yeah but um I was diagnosed with epilepsy so there was that sort of hurdle that I had to overcome if I wanted to you know sort of pursue either one of those um because I couldn't actually be on call so that was that was a really hard sort of thing to to sort of come to terms with and um so it kind of threw a little bit of a spanner in the works but I sort of finished school um I moved away from home for about eight months and then I moved back um and kind of fell into the job of being a dental nurse um but felt like it was a really good fit for me because I was able to really help people um, in the dental chair because there was a lot of people were nervous mm-hmm. and, you know, overwhelmed being um, in the chair. So I was able to, you know, calm their, you know, anxiety and um, just really sort of be there for them. Um, and I did that until 2018 so
1: So it was a very
2: yeah a very long time I just I don't know I have always felt like that was sort of intrinsically within me to be able to you know be there for people and I've always naturally would was drawn uh, people were drawn to me for guidance Mm -hmm. so it could have just been general day-to-day living and Um, I had people sort of coming to me with, you know, problems that they were having in their life, um, wanting, you know, a sounding board from myself or just a bit of support or something that I would say. Um, so I felt naturally that was kind of like me as a person anyway.
1: Yeah. Did you, were Uh, you happy when you worked there? Was that a good fit? Like you enjoyed
2: it? I did. Um, I did up until um, probably maybe the last sort of two or three years of working there. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I absolutely enjoyed working with the patients, um, that side of it, but um, I was starting to get, uh, I'd say sort of bullied in a sense, um, within the workplace. Um, so that started to really, the environment just became toxic. Um, obviously I kept going back because I felt like that was, that's what I had to do. I had, you know, we had bills to pay and I felt like that was what I had to do, um, to sort of keep our family functioning. Um, But I was actually causing, it was causing me anxiety, um, putting myself back into that environment um, each time. So, you know, in my mind, I knew there was something more that I needed to do. I just didn't know what it would look like at that point. I just knew there was something I wanted to create for myself. I just didn't know, yeah, what direction that would have taken. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Sharna, can you share a little bit? Um, I know you've had a couple different losses in your life. Um, Could you share um, about your grief and your story a little bit?
2: Yeah, so um, my journey with grief started when I was 19. Um, It started when I lost my dad. Um, That was, I had moved away, like I said. Um, earlier and I moved back three weeks before he passed away um so I was able to really sort of reconnect with him on a different level than ever before oh wow um he actually said to me that he considered me like a close friend as well as a daughter so I was like oh like that was pretty special um but yeah and then 3 weeks after that he passed away um so i remember with you know and, I, and this is like i do understand when women get caught in in depression and stuff like that after grief because i was there i was there when when he passed away oh, wow. and i was depressed for A year I was stuck. I wanted to relive every day with him as much as I could in my mind by doing all of the things that we used to do together.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, But I was miserable. I was sad all the time. I was, you know, I was kind of hurting myself every day by putting myself back into that um, sort of environment mentally and physically yeah yeah like i said i was sort of there for about a year um until i felt like one day i just woke up and i realized that being in that place was more harmful for me than it was to be able to start to learn how to grow through that and honor him in a much more sort of beautiful way by living my life like he wouldn't want me to be miserable of course so I um at that point it kind of really just cemented that I needed to that I had something within me that was more to give than what I what I was doing currently in my life um so then although I still didn't do anything about it I still kind of you know, I did a lot of um, personal development and growing and stuff like that in my, in that time, I still sort of went about my day to day though, quite the same as before. I was just sort of in my mind, I was trying to create something for myself where I could get out of that toxic work environment as well. Yeah. Um,
1: And that's such a young age um, mentally to have to deal with such a close loss in your life. Um, Yeah. Probably really challenging to navigate through grief. I mean, it's hard enough as an adult when you go through it, but when you're, you know, 18, 19, I can imagine that you're still Mm. soul searching. You don't even know who you are probably yet. And then to to go through such a tragic loss would be really challenging.
2: Yeah. And that's, um, you know, I thought that I was processing it. I thought that I was processing it until I was in my mid twenties and I developed high anxiety. Um, And when I started to see a a psychologist, it all had stemmed back to my dad and not being able to process the grief and the emotion and heal the way that I needed to um, back then. Because I must, I, well, I definitely would have, um, you know, brushed things under the carpet that were too hard to, to sort of face, and it just represented itself, you know, years down the track. So it's not like I actually got away from it; it came back and sort of forced me to re, like look at it again. Um, but I did it, you know, properly that time, and um I learned a lot about myself as well in that time but uh in 2017 is is when we um you know we had been trying to conceive for five years. oh wow and we went and saw a fertility specialist um you know did everything that, I guess we thought we needed to, to fall pregnant. Um, and after seeing this fertility specialist, he gave me, um, some medication to try to, you know, increase my fertility, but I had a lot of hormone problems as well. So, um, that kind of wasn't working in my favor either, but in 2017, we, um, you know, we fell pregnant. And I was absolutely over the moon. I think in that moment I was like, yes, you know, finally, this is my, you know, my, my future, this is what we'd been trying to create for five years. And, you know, I can get out of my job and, you know, finally have what I'd been longing for for so long.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And in those moments, like I kind of just, yeah, my whole mindset shifted and, but um, I didn't. We didn't get a scan until I thought I was ten weeks, and when we did, um, I had spoken to my cousin like in that time as well, and she's like, "You know what? Like sometimes if they can't find the baby's, you know, heartbeat um, from like an external scan, they'll do an internal, and then you know it should be okay." And and so we went into the scan the ultrasound and um yeah heard those dreadful words like i'm sorry there's no heartbeat and you know my gosh that's okay (laughs) i'm so sorry
1: it's okay to cry here we we (laughs) cry all the time on this show oh i wish i could give you a hug (laughs) It's so hard to talk about your own story, isn't it? Because you're always on the other end helping so many other people that you probably don't talk about your your story all the time. Yeah.
2: And most of the time when I do, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just in that moment, our like our future just came crashing down. Yeah. And I remember thinking, um, you know, keep checking, keep checking. Like there has to be something right. like this can't be it. Yeah. Like it can't be real. No. Yeah. And then it, like, I kind of thought about what my cousin said and I was like, yeah, okay. And they said, we'll do an internal. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, and then that will be okay. And then they called in the um, the senior technician and um he just confirmed what the the first one had said. Yeah, so you know, and just the fact that, you know, and we knew that senior technician too. So, you know, I, the first guy, I was like, oh, you know, like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and right. then when we knew the senior technician, we're just like, okay, yeah. Wow. It's um, it's it's real. So yeah my husband just embraced me and they kind of you know hurried us not hurried us but like shuffled us out so because you know so no one would see oh my goodness no one would see us um and then we um had a doctor's appointment they pretty much called from the ultrasound clinic they called across to my doctor and we went across there. She kind of explained, you know, what was happening. Um, but that was it. Like, once we, once we left her, her rooms, that was it.
1: Have you and your husband been able to remain strong after the loss or did that cause some problems at home afterwards?
2: Um, together... Like we were able to, like we did remain strong. It was hard though mm-hmm. um, because he grieved so differently. So isn't that the truth?
1: I, <laughs> I find that at, with my husband as well. We, we just grieve yeah. completely opposite. Um, and yeah. I do think that's so normal that men just grieve a lot different than women do typically
2: yeah they they think that they have to stay strong. he told me um about six months after that he felt like he had to hold me together um and it was hard to for him to watch me fall apart. so he um and i think that's kind of, like bred into men most men anyway that they have to be that strong sort of person to you know hold everything together but it did cause you know some arguments because you know I was still so emotional and he had to some degree moved forward um he had to go back to work and you know I still had a little bit of time off work so um he was like well he was back at work his his world was functioning normally to some degree um he couldn't understand why mine wasn't but he also did um he also did understand that he didn't have the same connection to the baby that I did right so he's he knew that that wasn't there for him um so it was just I think keeping the communication open within you with between you like through those times is what is is huge like it's key to actually being able to move through it together rather than you know assuming the other person should be someplace but they're not and um you know, and then that's going to cause probably more, more friction because you feel like, oh, you know, you should be over it. Um, I'm over it. Why aren't you over it? But you're not actually sort of talking about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you, like I said, when I introduced you on the show, you just are so positive and, um, you know, you help other people now getting through their grief and their challenges. So, you know, what were your first steps, you know, moving forward? When did you really start feeling like you were healing yourself?
0: Mm.
2: Um, because I had known grief um, f- from when I lost my dad, I knew, um, I knew kind of what I was not what I was in for, but when I was moving through it, I kind of knew the same sort of feelings as before. I recognised the depression um, when I was starting to slip back into it. Um, and I actually also had my husband on the sideline <laughs> trying to, he was trying to keep pulling me back out. So his support like in that moment, in those moments was was like crucial too. Um, it honestly took probably a good, you know, I think for two weeks i was like I, w- I was immobile like i couldn't i was you know i was upset i was grieving i couldn't i couldn't um you know i was going through all of the scenarios in my head of like that i caused it um that i was to blame like my body had one job like why couldn't it do just this one thing that you know it's designed to do and you know and i had you Know self like blame and shame and everything going in my head, and um, I had a, a doctor's appointment at some point through that. I can't remember why I went in there, but a nurse said to me, She's like, Oh, you know, um, it happened for a reason, and I was like, No, don't say that to me. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I'm not in the right place to be like listening to that right now. Now I can see why she said that, but when you're in, the, in that moment, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but, you know, as I was starting to come out of my grief, as like I knew that I didn't want to stay there. So I knew that there was something that I had to do to kind of, you know, shift me out of where I was. Um, To be honest, I don't know, like, what specifically it was that sort of helped me shift out of it. I think it was just, you know, starting to reframe the things that were going on inside my head, like, that, you know, I wasn't to blame You know, I did feel like I was the only person going through it. But then I was, you know, just being able to sort of um, talk to myself in a more positive way. And because I did want to go on and try again for another baby, I did want, you know, I didn't want to stay in the darkness of, like, depression and grief like I had previously.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. So did all um, of those...
1: Did all of those feelings of when you did lose your dad, did that grief come back too? I mean, did you feel kind of both grief just piling up? I could imagine that's how it would feel. Like it was just a flashback of your previous loss and then adding another one on top of it. Almost just like a layer after layer. Oh, Mm. man. Yeah. (laughs) And that, I mean, it's amazing though that you mentally could comprehend that you can't stay there. But you have mm-hmm. to make a change because I think you might see this too in, in helping other mothers that are grieving. It can be really hard for some people to get to that place of, yeah. I need to make a change and I want to make a change. Because yeah. I think we carry that guilt of, well, if we want to make a change, are we forgetting or are we moving on? I'm yeah. sure, you know, it that's just how I relate to as. It's a really hard place to come to. It's yeah. it's necessary, and we have to get to that place. But I do think it is such a challenge to get to that mental state of I need to make a change now.
2: Yeah, and I think what you said too was key. Is you know, do you want to make a change? Like, if you want it within you, like to go on and be able to um move through where you are, then it is possible. Um, I know so many women who are still caught in grief, you know, 10 years or so after their loss. But You do like, it has to be something within you that wants to make a change to know that this isn't your final destination. Like you're, you know, you've still got the rest of your life to live. Um, that the grief and the heartache and the pain that you're in isn't the end of that story, It's not the end of your story and you haven't been put on, you haven't been put here on earth to experience that and then sort of end it there. Like right. I agree. Can have, pardon?
1: I said I agree. I, mm-hmm. I think you can always make a difference or, you know, help others through your own yeah. pain.
2: Yeah, I mean, even if it's just, I mean, not everyone, I guess, can find that real deep meaning within their their adversity, but be just enough to maybe f- find some peace within your story to the point where you can move through where you are to have that beautiful life for yourself because it changes you. Um, but to allow it to change you, um, allow it to change you for the better,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because it's going to give you so many more, you know um, characteristics like compassion and empathy and stuff like to take those into sort of your new chapter of your life. Um, and really sort of, yeah, you know, embrace that new part of you, and um, embrace that new future as well. Oh, that's
1: beautiful. There's (laughs) the inspiration that we're talking about. (laughs) Um, So I talked to you a little bit about this off the air, Sharna, but we have a segment called Sissy Signs on Angel Talk, and it's basically where you share you know, your sign from above that you just know that your loved one is with you. So do you have a sissy
2: sign that you can share with our listeners? Um I have always believed it's a butterfly Um through, you know, through the loss of my dad and then the loss of my baby. Like, I feel like that has been a consistent sign for me. Um, So I like to You know, I smile every time I see a butterfly, regardless of what type of butterfly. (laughs) I don't even have a specific one, but, you know, every time I see one, I'm just like, yeah, that's them. Oh, I love it. And I know that my dad and my baby have met. So,
1: (laughs) and that has to be such a reassuring feeling too, to know that they're together.
2: Yeah, they'll be together. Oh, I love that. (laughs)
0: All right, and so that was the conversation between Sharna, Southen, and Bryn. What a what an amazing part one! We really want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week to part two. Uh, where they will talk more about what it is that Sharna does and how she helps everybody Uh, and so the other thing we want you to do is make sure that you hop on definitely subscribe to the show definitely rate and review us and definitely share it with folks because the more folks who get an opportunity to hear these sort of really incredible inspirational stories and get tips for being able to navigate through their own grief we might be able to get more and more people on the right path uh, figuring out how to live with their grief every day so So, again, want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week for part two. And that is this week's Ambitious Angel Mom Angel Talk podcast. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week.